Hello, hello. Good morning. Welcome to Stake Your Wealth Live Edition. Right. I'm Greg. This is Mary Daphne. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. So uh, on these lives, uh, we go into more depth on whatever lesson we, we released during the week. And um, this week, we released a classic quandary Yes. Uh, for anyone aspiring to financial independence, mm -hmm. which is the debate between uh, essentially frugality right. versus earning money, right? Mm -hmm. how, how are you going to get to your net worth goal faster? Is it by saving money uh, or, or earning money? Mm -hmm. um, and the obvious answer, of course, is that you need a bit of both, right? Yeah, you can't the balance. You, you can't save money you don't have. So you got to earn some money. Um, but the, the problem and the reason why this is even worth discussing is that oftentimes what happens is people, um, they focus more so on the earning than the saving. Right. Right. And you get into a situation where uh, you're earning more and more and more. And mm -hmm. that's great. Mm -hmm. And in theory, as you're earning more, you can save more. But, Instead, yeah. they earn more yeah. and then spend it all. Right. Right, the inflation. Right, and so uh, yes, we we open up saying you need to earn money to save money, but you would be surprised at how the breakdown actually sort of falls along uh, this this spectrum of net worth. Yeah, and you can uh, you can have investment bankers who are making three four hundred thousand dollars a year, um, who are uh, saving less money than the person making fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, simply because the banker. Uh, yeah. is deciding, you know, they need a, a, a Maserati uh, and they need to live in, you know, a, a penthouse apartment. Prada suits. Right, Prada suits, you know, whatever. Um, and so they end up potentially even negative mm. in terms of their savings yeah. rate, right? They're actually yeah. potentially even in debt uh, to, to fund this lifestyle. Mm. And as a result, yeah, they've earned a lot more money, but they haven't saved any of it. Um, and so they end up, on a net worth basis being poorer than this frugal person who was just, you know, in a very disciplined way, yeah. uh, stashing money in the bank every paycheck um, and, and, and gradually growing their nest egg. Right. I mean, I think some people will ask though, like what's the point of saving money if, you know, or at least what's the point of working so hard in a traditional job um, with a good salary um, if you can't spend the money that you earn. I think there are a lot of people who wonder that, right? Why not get the Prada suits? And why not, you know, eat out for lunch, dinner, breakfast, whatever? Um, and why not drive the Maserati? You know, if you're earning it, if you're, like, what, what's the point? If to you it's not about, maybe that to you is your, your wealth accumulation by buying these material objects that maybe give you a lot of satisfaction. Right. What would you say to that person? Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, it's tricky. When, it's tough. When it, it's, it's, it's a good question to ask and yeah. it is tough to manage it's the balance yeah. and you should spend some of the money you earn. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a way of rewarding yourself. Right. And, um, and in many ways, uh, if you're spending on the right things, it can actually enhance, yeah. uh, your ability to, to be more productive and mm. to be more mentally, um, uh, at peace. Um, so, so there are definitely powerful ways you can use money to reward yourself and to enhance the process of building your wealth. Um, the problem of course comes 
when you start to use your money as a crutch right uh for um you know or or yeah you can call it a crutch you could also just call it we talked about this last week sort of this objective right yeah. this means to an end or yeah. this becomes the end like and you're it pursuing consumes it. you so thoroughly that you stop talking to your friends you stop you know engaging with your partner you stop you know calling your relatives i don't know you, you stop like eating properly yeah so yeah it can become this, this obsession yeah um and and by becoming the most important thing to you uh the the money ends up doing more yeah. harm than good yeah um and so uh that's that's happens more than you, you might think and it happens in subtle ways mm -hmm. right you don't have to be obsessed with money for this to happen to you you just might start to quietly make um, you know, decisions that prioritize the money as opposed to other aspects of your life that, that are important. Right, right. Right? Um, and it's very ticky, tricky to, to sort of identify. But of course, the opposite's also true, right? Yeah. You can have these people who are so intensely frugal mm -hmm. that they deprive themselves of any yeah. reasonable comfort. Right, when right? they don't need to be that draconian about it. Right? Yeah. Like in the they, winter, you yeah. know, they keep their they heating keep, oh at, at gosh, you yeah. know, 52 degrees. So they're freezing the so whole they're freezing, time. And then they're hit with like these medical bills because they have to go. <laughs> right. Because their immune system is compromised. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. It can backfire, right? The, 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 the title of this uh, live episode is Does Frugal Ever Pay? Right. Um, and it certainly does in the sense that um, it's, it's a skill you can develop to help. Uh, increase your savings at any earning level right. and that's critical mm -hmm. but at the same time it can start to cost you um, when you start making sacrifices that impact your ability to be healthy or productive right yeah. another example would be um, you know let's say you decided uh, you were uh, going to bike everywhere instead of drive uh, I, I applaud that right I, I encourage people to go out and bike and use um, sort of uh, non-polluting forms of transportation that also mm -hmm. get you fit. Mm -hmm. But if you find yourself biking an hour when it could take you 15 minutes to get there, right, by car, yeah. then you've wasted 45 minutes. And, uh, okay, if that's your exercise, then maybe it's worth it. But, you know, there's, there's just a trade-off with yeah. some of these things um, where you start to say, you know, yeah, I get that you're saving some money, uh, but what what did it cost you in return? Right. So then let me ask you this, and for those of you joining us, maybe you have some ideas on this as well. You know, if, if it's about a balance, right, the frugality and earning money um, in order to achieve your goals for wealth building, uh, whatever that looks like to you, whatever you, you know, defined as your enough, right, which we talked about. Um, and Greg has a great video about that. You know, in terms of frugality, like if somebody wants to start becoming more frugal in certain areas of their life, what would you recommend they start with and how can they start making something that will be amenable to also being happy with that? And I have some ideas too, but I want to hear yours first. In terms of striking the balance? Yeah, so what, was, what should they start being frugal with? Like what are some small changes they yeah. can make? You talked about the latte, right? If you if you put in an Excel chart, how many? Yeah, like so, a four dollar latte. Right. Well, that's the classic 
um, sort of, uh, is trope the right word? That's the classic example that I think you see a lot in the financial independence world. And it's a very good one. It's a very effective one, right? If you spend $4 a day on a latte and you get that, let's say- uh, Five times a week. Five times a week for the, yeah, five times a week. That's 20 bucks a week, right? And let's say you do that 50 weeks a year, right? You start to, that that adds up very quickly. And once you start to uh, assume that you were, instead of spending that latte, you're going to just- uh, deposit it in your savings account, more yeah. importantly, your uh, brokerage account. Um, if you were going to invest that money, uh, put that money to work, put the money to work, uh, and get the compounding interest, it can literally cost you tens of thousands of dollars uh, over the course of a few decades. Yeah, it's um, crazy. Which is just a staggering it's statistic. Exorbitant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're like, oh well, all I wanted was a coffee. Well, it's like, all right, fine. Uh, you can get a get a coffee, but make it at home, right? Yeah. It's very easy to do. Uh, and it's way cheaper. So I, I think that applies to any kind of eating out, right? Yeah. I'm not saying don't go to restaurants. Uh, uh, but make or, or it like eat a out. make it like a you know. But make it once a, reward, a month right. thing or a reward. Yeah. Food. If you the, the easiest way to figure out where to start to uh, sort of um, cut, cut down, cut cut off the fat, so to speak, mm-hmm. to trim the fat, is to just list out your expenses by category, yeah. right? And Mint has a great way of doing that. Mint is a phenomenal budgeting see, tool. You can turn it into a pie chart and yeah. you can actually see where your money goes. Yeah, uh, personal capital. I haven't used it personally, but that's another good one that I think a lot of people talk about. But in any event, you can plug in all your expenses and then it'll break it down into categories. But yeah. you can also do it manually in an Excel chart. Uh, and so anyways, you figure out where your top cost categories. Uh, and, and those are the areas where you're going to have the biggest bang for your buck in terms of reductions. Yeah. Um, maybe you have too big of an apartment, right? Mm. Rent is a huge percentage of our of our monthly expenditures. And the second one by far is food. So if, if we can find ways to, to sort of um, recalibrate our living expenses and recalibrate our um, eating habits, mm. um, or at least the way we spend money for food, uh, you can really have an outsized impact on your total budget in terms of saving yeah. without sacrificing too much in terms of your creature comforts. Right. I'm not saying you have to get rid of your, rid of your Netflix. Yeah. Right? I'm not saying that uh, you have to turn your heat down uh, all the way. But you know, you can find ways of, of adjusting the dials. And to the extent that you target the cost centers that are the largest for you, uh, you'll get the best bang for your buck. Yeah, I think for, I was definitely going to say the eating out category would be a place where you can, and and also eating out is also like ordering out or Mm. just getting your coffee to go. Uh, Maybe wake up 10 minutes earlier or allocate 10 minutes to making your coffee at home. Maybe invest in a, even like a fancy coffee maker so you can make your latte and that'll still. The little heart design or whatever. Yeah, that's so cool. (laughs) Uh, And you can, you know, make it into a, a fun thing. And save money. And you know exactly what's going into your coffee. Okay, enough on that. But I think the second category uh, would be like entertainment. Um, You know, I mean, now that's kind of on hold for a lot of people, um, which makes sense. But if you instead invested in like an entertainment system or something where, you know, you're able to view your shows or movies or whatever, I think that's also a good way of cutting, trimming the fat, so to speak. Um, what's also interesting is that you mentioned like being in a city, you know, versus being mm. in a, I think, you know, really thinking about how do you, how you use a city and how you use 
like maybe more a suburban or urban suburb or more of like an urban, sorry, suburb feel. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you are interacting with people, uh, a lot of that takes place outside in public venues, like restaurants, cafes, that kind of thing, when you're living in a city. Because people's apartments aren't big enough to host, typically speaking, right? Whereas in this countryside, there might be fewer options for like outdoor dining, there might be fewer options for, you know, going to a cafe, and space might be um, a constraint there, mm. right? But space might be more of a, um, you know, you might have more space in a country setting, like a suburb setting, right? So people tend to gravitate towards other people's homes. Like, you know, that's a one way to save money. If you want to be social, you can invite people to your home if you live in, like, the suburbs. Um, like, being mindful of these things, like where people convene so that you can think about, like, how you allocate your expenses. Yeah, I think that's, that's another great analysis to run is essentially um, – where are you spending your time, right? Uh, how are you using your day? What are your priorities? Yeah. Um, and that can be hanging out with friends, um, but it could also just be, you know, uh, hermiting up in, in your uh, home office and working, you know, on, on some project that, yeah. you're, that you're trying to get out. So figuring out what your priorities are and then aligning your budget to those priorities. Yeah. And you might discover that there's some imbalances, right, where you've actually allocated too much of your budget to things that are lower priority to you. Mm -hmm. And by dialing down your expenditures on those low priority things and, and, and boosting um, your expenditures on the higher priority things, yeah. you can get uh, a huge increase in your happiness mm -hmm. while actually reducing uh, the amount you're spending. Yeah. That's really so nice. That's that's an example of being you can be frugal, mm -hmm. but be strategic about right. it, right? Be thoughtful about um um what you're cutting on. Don't cut on the things that that's going to that are going to, you know, reduce your happiness or reduce your productivity. Figure out instead the the excess, the stuff yeah. that doesn't make you that happy, that doesn't matter too much to yeah. you and use that as a way to uh, optimize your budget uh in a way that that keeps you happy and productive. Right. Like the other one we talked about was the gym membership, right? Yep, exactly. So things like that. I think it's really important to really think about your preferences and where you spend your time and seeing the mismatch and trying to find the alignment. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So those are some uh, some strategies for uh, sort of balance the balancing act between frugality and uh, and earning money. Uh, again, they're both important. It's, it's all about um, being strategic on, on, on the frugality side and then on the earning money side, making sure you're doing that with a purpose, making sure that that's getting saved um, and, and, and contributing to your net worth instead of just getting spent. Um, so hopefully this was helpful. Uh, we always love to hear from you guys in terms of your thoughts on the matter. I'm sure you've had these questions surface in, in your day to day, and we'd love to know how uh, you, know, you approach challenges like this. So be sure to share those in the comments. And That's right. with that, happy uh, wealth staking. Happy wealth staking. We'll catch you in the next one. In the next program. That's right. <laughs> Bye, everyone. See ya.